This is the John Oakley Show podcast. On a matter of crime, this one has me up a rope. I got to be honest, and I need some clarification. There was a story in the Post the other day. Comes to us out of Alberta, where uh, a father was actually hauled before a judge for firing warning shots at bandits on his property. Here's the kicker. He's now being sued by one of the guys that actually caught some shrapnel that had ricocheted when he fired the warning shots, and it hit Ryan Watson in the arm. So this guy Watson, who was one of these late-night intruders on the guy's property in rural Alberta, is, is suing he sustained injuries to his right forearm, and uh, that's caused severe damages and disability. So he's suing for a hundred grand to this farmer who's protecting his property at the time. It's a civil suit. It shocked the province, and uh, I guess I share that same bewilderment as to what the hell is going on. But it's beyond my pay grade to understand how the criminal law works in this country. So we entrust others whose beat that covers including criminal defense lawyer here in Toronto, Lawrence Ben-Eliezer, who's joined the Oakley Show. Lawrence, how are you doing this afternoon? Doing great, John. Always a pleasure to be with you. Well, you got to do some splaining here, some legalese or whatever. How does this work that a guy, uh, he's protecting his own property, fires a couple of warning shots, bandit gets hit, uh, now he's filing a suit, a civil suit, uh, for a hundred grand? Walk me through it. Does that make any sense to you? Yes, it does. Uh, John, I'm not suggesting that Mr. Watson is going to win the lawsuit against uh, the property owner, but the right to sue, um, yes, it makes sense. We start from the proposition that unlike some American jurisdictions, we don't have stand-your-ground laws in Canada. We People are entitled to use reasonable force to defend against damage to property, because people have the right to quiet enjoyment of their property, particularly their homes. The question is going to be whether the uh, the property owner, I believe his name is Mr. Maurice, right. used disproportionate force in firing those two warning shots. Now, there's not going to be a lot of sympathy for Mr. Watson. Mr. Watson was on the property illegally and apparently rifling through um, the uh, property owner's vehicle. So that doesn't exactly uh, engender a, a sympathetic plaintiff. But still, the property owner has an obligation to behave reasonably. And what reasonably means, of course, changes with context. So in this case, the court will have to determine uh, whether firing those two warning shots was reasonable. If we change the facts a little bit so that instead of rifling through the vehicle, uh, the perpetrator, in this case Mr. Watson or someone else, is just letting air out of the tires as a prank, and the property owner sneaks up behind them and hits him with a tire iron and breaks several limbs and causes serious damage, I don't think anybody would argue that that's disproportionate and perhaps should lead to uh, civil liability. So we need the, uh, to allow the court system to do its thing. It has, there's a lot of experience in the legal process with these kinds of fact patterns. And uh, uh, let's uh, have some faith in the system and allow the process to move forward. Of course, Mr. Watson, if it turns out that he loses the lawsuit, is going to be exposed to some pretty serious cost consequences and I suspect that the merits of the action will be discussed during the settlement process along the way. Yeah, well, uh, that's the thing. When you're talking about his lawsuit is a civil suit seeking $100,000, uh, 
you're kind of angling towards saying he has pretty solid grounds to file this. So how do you think a judge or judges might rule in this? I have no idea if he has solid ground, John. He has the right to sue it, and there are circumstances under which he could win. But I'll tell you what his problems are. Mm-hmm. First of all, he was committing a crime. Right. That's, that's a huge problem. Mm. Secondly, the property owner yelled uh, at this guy to get away, and he didn't fire the shots at Mr. Watson. He fired them as warning shots, presumably in the air or towards the ground. And the question is one of negligence in discharging that firearm so that it hit Mr. Watson. It's not going to be an easy case to win for the plaintiff. The optics are horrible. And uh, so I'm not not, uh, sure by any stretch that this is a winner from the plaintiff's perspective. There's going to be a lot of hurdles to overcome. And I have every confidence that the judicial system will make sure that everyone's rights are are, uh, respected. Again, with Lawrence Ben-Eliezer, Toronto-based criminal defense lawyer, on this really fascinating case study out of Alberta. Again, uh, Edward Maurice, an Alberta father, uh, he's now been sued civilly for hundred grand because on this night uh, back in February of 2018, saw a couple of bandits on his property, including this Ryan Watson, going through his car, fires two warning shots from a 22 caliber rifle, and some of the shrapnel hits this guy, Ryan Watson, who now uh, sustaining injuries that he says cause severe damage and disability. Hence the lawsuit. By the way, uh, the criminal charges against the father, Edward Maurice, uh, careless use of a firearm and pointing a firearm and aggravated assault, had been dropped, so it became a civil suit instead. Now, what you're saying is interesting, too, because, uh, and you've got to correct me if I'm wrong, has the criminal code not been changed from uh, using reasonable force to necessary force? It's got to be necessary force. I mean, it's kind of a nuanced difference, but it is a difference. It's it's a nuanced difference, but I don't think it'll have any substantive uh, substantial effect on the way these cases are decided. It's still going to be judged against a reasonable or objective standard, given all the circumstances. So we are still very concerned about um, judging whether what happened is in accordance with our community standards of what's reasonable, and that's definitely what uh, we would expect from the justice system. So what do you make of this with the justice system? Uh, The guy, because he got hit in the arm with shrapnel, required surgery to put a metal plate in his arm, says he suffers now from post-traumatic stress disorder and other emotional and physical discomfort. He was sentenced to 45 days in jail last February, but he walked free uh, because of time served. Does that make sense? I mean, because he's now got PTSD and all the rest, or uh, was the 45 days now time served seem about right for somebody rifling through some guy's property (laughs) at 2 o'clock in the morning? I don't know if the guy had a criminal record. If this was his first offense, then certainly it's reasonable. Um, And if he did 45, he was sentenced to 45 days time served, that means he did about 30. So, yeah, it sounds about right. This, this wasn't a high-end crime of violence. This is a guy, actually, there were two guys, if I, if, I do, if I remember the story correctly. There were two guys, they were rifling through some cars, looking for God knows what. And uh, you don't get hit too hard in Canada for crimes against property. Crimes against persons are a whole different thing. Crimes of violence are a whole different thing. And and that, I think, is as it should be, because as we uh, tell ourselves and each other all the time, uh, 
things can be replaced. People can't. And so property is not considered to be as important or as serious uh, in relation to sentencing as crimes of violence. All right. So I don't have a problem with it. The other thing is the context. Rural Alberta, they say when they call the cops, it takes the RCMP a good hour to get there. And, uh, you yep. know, if that's a 911 call and it's taking an hour, uh, some folks, you know, need to perhaps uh, protect their own life, limb, and uh, whatever it is, their property, at the exactly. point of a gun. Exactly. I mean, if Mr. Maurice knows that he's going to be waiting there a while for the police to arrive, then the latitude or the space for what is reasonable in that case is going to be a lot wider than would be the case if the same thing happened in downtown Toronto, where the police would be there within minutes. Ideally, they would. Uh, Anyway, the 22 also suggests he might have taken it under consideration that he's just scaring somebody. It wasn't a 303 or anything, you know, an AR-15 or something to blow the guy right out of the the water. Lawrence, I appreciate it because, uh, you know, as I said at the outset, not really understanding this case and how a guy could be civilly sued for protecting his own domicile, but uh, you put that into perspective. Thank you for it. Always a pleasure, John. You got it. Lawrence Ben-Eliezer, Toronto criminal defense lawyer. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.